Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Amelia, welcome to The Emma Gunn Show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm really good, thanks. It's really lovely to chat with you finally. I know, I know. We met earlier on this year properly. Yeah. And then you coming on the show has been in the works and we are saving listeners because I know that you will know that Amelia is a nutritional therapist and author full of incredible information, but also creator of some of my favorite recipes, (laughs) which I fangirled you with. Um, we are, we are aiming to have that big chat about your incredible career, but we're going to save it until we can do it face to face. face. I can't wait. (laughs) But this is you very generously sharing your feel-good habits. It's such a lovely thing to share. It's such a great idea for a podcast. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, you are a perfect guest because, as you said, we were just chatting pre-recording. You know, this is something that you do daily with work and you speak to a lot of people, clients, about all of these sorts of things. And friends, I'm sure. So I'm really intrigued as to what they are, because I have no doubt they're going to be really rich and robust. Gosh, I don't know. They might be pretty same, same. But um, anyway, they're certainly what helped me. So which one would you like to start with? So um, my first thing is I really believe if if uh, if I'm in a bad way, whether that be feeling anxious or feeling a bit bleh or feeling a bit down, um, I, I seem to remember learning this about 25 years ago, but break the state are the words that always sort of flash up in front of me like a big sign. You know, you've got to sort of change the environment and break that state. So my first thing to always do is to get outside into nature. Now, I'm really lucky to live in the countryside, so I can go for a quick walk by the river and whether it just be looking at the swans or just looking at the wildlife or even if I don't have time to go for a proper walk, just to get outside and sort of not not literally hug a tree, but, you know, <laughs> just look at the trees and sort of take in their magnitude and try and take in their age and imagine their life and what that they've, what they've seen. And it's just so simple, but so brilliant for just changing that mindset that can be quite or negative or whatever um that's so beautiful I've never thought about I've often thought about how big trees big expansive trees might have really long roots I've never thought about the context of what they might have seen yes because it just blows my mind how old some trees are um and I and you know I'm sort of quite passionate about the seasons and the changing seasons you know specifically around vegetables and I, I am lucky enough to grow my own vegetables. So that's another sort of thing that I do to just 
um, change my mood because um, I just find it so therapeutic getting my hand in the soil and watching, you know, watching vegetables grow or planting them, sowing the seeds, etc. So it, it, it is incredibly therapeutic and rewarding um, to do. But yeah, just uh, so any kind of nature and um, sort of taking in just how amazing it is. It's so much bigger than us. I read a piece, and I, I'm trying to remember who wrote it. I think it might have been Catelyn Moran years ago saying, describing gardening as time travel. Yeah. Because, and, and I thought that was so wonderful about, you know, putting something in the ground there for the future and yeah. how it'll all look. Yes. Yeah. And to be able to know that you can actually feed yourself mm. from, from growing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I find, yeah, just nature to be so brilliant at um at, at at healing at calming at restoring at um you know breaking that state and I think it's a good tool I often use that with clients when they're about to sabotage themselves or um you know if they're, if they're having um sort of persistent patterns I just always try and make them think of the break the state break the state what can we do right now in this moment to just break the state I love that. I've never actually heard that. I like the idea of it coming up as a neon sign, actually, yeah. and I have a feeling that'll stay with me. Oh, good. Of just, well, yeah, because I think we can all get into negative patterns really easily. Mm. Um, and if you've just got that warning system, like, you know, the engine check engine light in your yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what it's like? You can get a like, negative, I mean, I get negative emails from people who just criticize mm. their work or challenge or have, a, you know, everyone's got opinions. And, you know, sometimes that can really take me down a dark rabbit hole of a thought process and how to respond and how to react and everything. And sometimes you just need to break the state, go and do something nice for yourself and, and then come back. How do you deal with that, the negativity? I mean, I'm guessing that's coming from social media. I get a lot from social media and a lot from emails and it's just everyone, ha you know, nutrition runs very deeply for so many people. It affects everyone. It affects everyone full stop. Mm. It affects everyone in different ways. And so it's, it, it, you know, it stirs up so many emotions for people and people do have so many opinions on it and certainly opinions on how I should behave or speak or talk or share or whatever. So I, it does affect me. It really affects me, but I just have to um, constantly, do, you know, look after myself by doing things like, getting out into nature and remembering you can't please everyone and you've just got to stay true to you, do your best and, um, you know, recognize that, that there's always going to be people that are, that, you know, have, I just have a different approach. Different approach. I, um, I had uh, Rupi, Dr. Rupi Audula on the podcast recently, and we were talking about social media and nutrition specifically. And it's the only time I've ever experienced real negativity is when I did a podcast where I said what's the what's the ketogenic diet all about then and I got so much like one person saying to someone else look at this look what she's done and sort of piling on about how I was promoting the ketogenic diet which wasn't in actual fact what I was doing it, it, it doesn't matter how well intentioned you are or even how knowledgeable it's just you you, you your comments can be picked apart in a way that yeah, I just don't know and I haven't seen that happen in any other industry so it make it, mm. I'm I, it, I'm probably over cautious now with my sharing. I overthink yeah. everything that I say and write and do, and it probably has reduced the amount that I share and write about it because it, it you know, it's just it's quite a minefield. But, but then I share, I share with my heart, and you know, yes. a lot of thought that's gone into it. So I think less is less is more. 
I think what I've noticed with friends who've experienced quite a lot of trolling or just negativity is that it actually roots them a bit more because they they have they sort of question themselves beforehand and they really it, it actually even though it's horrible it sort of gives them a sense of really understanding who they are and what they stand for because they have to question themselves yeah yeah absolutely I can agree with that yes okay that's really interesting and break the state I mean you are a nutritional therapist and your work speaks for itself and obviously we will go into huge detail about it when you come on the show for the main podcast but you talk about uh, break the state with clients mm. and I've definitely done most of my self-sabotaging orally yeah <laughs> you're not alone there <laughs> and so is that something I'm glad that you said that by the way but I'm um is that break the state is that pattern of perhaps I keep I I would say in my own life self-harming but I realize that's overdoing it sabotaging for example by overeating or whatever it might be is that something is that a cycle that's incredibly hard to break it is because um really it's not about the food it's about consciousness it's about becoming aware of our habits and how we're using food um and um or, or you know what our habits are are, are, are about or hiding or um so I mean I'm, I'm happy to share my experiences whenever I'm anxious which I do get anxious often whenever I'm anxious I believe that I'm hungry so mm. I'll start I'll be that person constantly making a cup of tea oh I need something head in the fridge you know desperately trying to find the solution in the fridge um, and you know I had this pattern for, for years and years it doesn't matter how much nutritional knowledge one has you can still fall into these habits but obviously with the work that I do I started to recognize this pattern and um and this is what I always talk about with clients but it's what I have to do with myself still to this day frequently um when I believe that I'm hungry and find my head find myself going to the fridge looking for a solution um is I have to stop and say okay what's really going on here and it's actually about I mean it it, it takes a bit of courage really because you, to, to pause and allow the feeling that you're trying to avoid mm. platform, to have its moment and say what's going on but actually once you do that and the the voice comes up the fear comes up the anxiety oh somebody thinks I'm not a very good nutritionist or oh somebody I've offended someone or you know whatever it is once you've actually given it that that stage and it's had its moment to to talk about it then it's no it's nowhere near as fearful thing that you're trying to avoid so now I'm much better at noticing because obviously a lot of us are unconscious in our day-to-day -day lives and we don't really pause to, to to name what we're feeling we just find our heads stuck in the fridge and don't know why or do other things that maybe are to use your word sabotaging our our, our, our goals so um it, it sort of ties in with breaking the state I know that what I need to do is is stop Give, give the words the platform and then once you sit with that uncomfortable feeling and you let it have its moment and you think what's the worst case scenario is okay I did offend someone okay I'm a rubbish nutrient you know the worst worst case and then do something really loving for yourself so for me that's sort of like it moves on to actually to my next point but when I'm when I really need to sort of nurture myself I love to light the fire there's something that I just find, I've got a log fire here, and I just find there's something, maybe it reminds me of my childhood, there's just something so nurturing and calming of sitting and hearing the crackling logs, and it just brings me down to earth, and to me that's a sort of a big hug, 
And that's the kind of thing I'll do if I've been anxious, avoiding the anxiety, sat with the anxiety, let it have its moment and then feel that vulnerability. Then I will light a fire, have a cup of tea or something nice, cuddle my dog. And um, it's just a sort of gentle, loving act for myself. And then I'm able to move on with the rest of my day without my head stuck in the fridge. That's really um, that's really helpful because I've definitely been in that place and I'm sure people listening have where you sort of put the mirror up. Maybe you realize that your behavior hasn't been the way you want it to be, whether it's towards yourself or someone else. And so you, you're you realistic and you're, you become self-aware, but then you can linger in that space and sort of beat yourself up. And I love the idea of accept it and then do something nurturing. Yeah. And I love the idea of the fire. I think we have to do sort of more kind things for ourselves when, we're, when we allow ourselves to, you know, have that vulnerability. Um, um, have you seen on Netflix, there is an hour long, there are two of them, and they are a fire being lit. And then for an hour, it's just the fire being filmed as it burns down. Wow. One's a Christmas edition and one's just a normal one. I don't have a fireplace. Well, that's so in the winter. Yes. My God, I would totally um, do that if I didn't have a fire. There's something, I don't know, I find it so, it's it's like a meditation, just watching it and hearing the crackling. And um, I mean, honestly, even in a summer's day, I'll light a fire if I need to. Really? Okay, well, maybe I'll try it because I, I find it a really good companion when I'm reading. How lovely. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, that's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll text you the link or text you the name of it. Um, we all have our have our comforts, don't we? <laughs> mm, do you, so you like the sound of it, but um, I was speaking to someone the other day. I don't think it was on a podcast, although sometimes I forget what I have recorded and what I haven't yeah. <laughs> but somebody was talking about how they just watch the flames yeah. and that is really oh, meditative. Yeah, that's what I mean it's like the whole thing watching it the heat the warmth it, it's this, mm. I, I find it so soothing. Do you like cooking on fire are you an outdoor no, cook? No not at all. <laughs> not, no I'm really not at all um I've never I don't really like barbecues and I really don't like charred food I don't like the taste and mm. I think, um, I'm going to sound bonkers now, but, you know, just nutritionally, we don't really want to be overly burning our, our food. So um, it, do, it doesn't really appeal for me. But that does lead me nicely on to my third, my third <laughs> habit, which, of course... Like we've choreographed it. <laughs> of course, I couldn't be doing the job that I didn't do if I didn't find cooking to be an incredibly therapeutic practice. And... It's changed for me so much over the years because when I first became a nutritionist, I didn't know how to cook. Um, I, I was just learning the theory and the science and the sort of um, how to become a practitioner. And once I started working with clients, I realized that most people just wanted to know what to eat for breakfast and um, that I had to get sort of more creative with my own cooking. And I kind of, I, so I kind of taught myself to cook, thanks to Jamie Oliver, because his style of cooking, which is sort of not very precise, that really appealed to me because I just can't the rigidity of a recipe but I would sort of look at Jamie Oliver's style of cooking and his recipes and just think yeah I can switch that and switch that and make that a bit healthier or whatever so um cooking became a, a really sort of nourishing yes it was part of my career but it was also part of my health care um and I had the time to cook in those days because I lived alone and I, I just studied and worked and um I had the time so it became my sort of way to keep myself company in the evenings. I would turn on some nice music and cook a lovely meal. 
Um, and so that sort of really evolved into, you know, so much of my work and I'm probably more of a foodie now than, than anything. But since becoming a mum, <laughs> you suddenly don't have the same time <laughs> that I used to have. I've had to sort of, um, I, I kind of, I quite miss it. I quite miss having that, that chunk of time where I can just put on some music and cooking is more of a relaxed hobby rather than, oh my God, I've got a toddler to feed in 20 minutes before she has a complete yeah. meltdown. Um, so if ever I do get a chunk of time to just be alone, I love nothing more. Light the fire, put on some jazz, cook. And um, that's, that, it's another breaking of the state, but it's another really sort of, I don't, I don't enjoy cooking for a crowd as much as I do just enjoy that process of just cooking and assembling a meal. Like, what have I got in the fridge? What can I make? And um, make something just for myself. Whereas when you're tr- cooking for people, there's a bit more of a, you know, you have to deliver it at a certain time, people are waiting. So I don't enjoy the pressure of that as much as mm. having that time alone without question, without any demands, just to create something. I was going to ask, actually, what's the music? You said jazz. Yeah. And I find that, and I, um, I've i started listening to a little bit of jazz recently. Uh-huh. And it's a really good transition. Uh, I, I do very much the same thing, finish work, put something like that on and sort of potter around deciding, am I going to do yoga? Am I going to do some cooking? And it's kind of good transition music when your head yeah. just needs yes, to relax. Yes. Yeah. I do find it deeply relaxing. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not a very musical person. I wouldn't be able to name pop stars or music or, you know, I, I just, I don't know the names of jazz musicians, but I just put on a compilation and I love it. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah, exactly. Jazz, <laughs> <play>. jazz radio. <laughs> Um, no, I do agree with you. That's really nice. And I think um, one of my favorite recipes to cook at the moment is one that requires um, dicing celery, carrots um, and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I batch cook it. And oh, that just that process of dicing those yeah. for 25 minutes yeah. is better than any meditation. <laughs> it is really therapeutic. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people, the biggest obstacle for people when it comes to cooking or even approaching healthy eating is that vegetables take so long to prepare um and I always say well it just depends on what whether you've got knife skills and whether you kind of know how to match you know chop on mass um but I guess if you're short of time usually that's the biggest obstacle for people cooking from scratch is just all of the time it takes to chop and peel vegetables I'm honestly I started really cooking from scratch for consist for every meal um last summer when I had my breast reduction so I was at home a lot and I wanted to cook good healthy food nourishing food and it surprises me every single time how quickly you can have yeah, this yeah. and then turn it into yeah, something totally. else oh I love you here to hear you saying that it's so <laughs> true but sometimes people don't believe it yeah yeah, it's true. So what else do we have on your list? Um, so um, about four, five, maybe five years ago, I did a proper meditation course and I learned to meditate properly. I did the Vedic um, meditation, which is just 20 minutes twice a day. In truth, I've, I very rarely managed to do it twice a day. But um, when, I, when I'm feeling really frazzled or when life's getting too busy or when my toddler is having a complete meltdown, I've got no control over it and I feel just like, ah, I can't cope. Um, I try and take myself off, even if it's just for 10 minutes, 15 minutes Vedic meditation. And I'm so glad that I invested the time actually learning how to do it. Because I used to try doing the apps and never really feel that I was getting anywhere. 
And once I learned that it's absolutely fine to have a really busy head and a really noisy, crazy thoughts and, and, and things through med- throughout meditation, then it sort of really gave me permission to, to do it and enjoy it. And I absolutely find it life-changing to do. So it's something that I still you- don't do it as often as I should. But when I do it, it's the, it's, it, it is without doubt the best way to change my mood. I have learned from many people that actually meditation finds you when you need it yeah. most. Did, were you at a point in your life where actually it it sort of presented itself? I was. And actually it was a really real problem. I was. Um, I'd, I'd had sort of four years of just nonstop miscarriages. I'd been desperately trying to have a baby and, um, I, I, you know, I had no problem falling pregnant, but I could never... Um, get get to you know every time I got to my third um the third the three-month scan the baby had always died so I had to have multiple surgeries as well it wasn't sort of you know I mean not that any of it's easy but um it and it it had a big it took a big toll on my health and my mental health and I got to the point where my doctor just we tried some sort of various uh, I didn't do IVF but we tried tests to see why the babies were always such poor quality and the doctor just said long story short, we just said, forget it, you're never going to be able to be a mother. Um, your only options are adoption or egg donation. And so I was at the stage where I was really having to let go of my desire to be a mother and start to think about what my life was going to look like, because I'd always imagined myself as a mum. more than, it, you know, my career was sort of something that I was doing while <laughs> until I became a mum. And so it, it was definitely a very challenging time for me and um, Jasmine Hemsley sent me a message saying have you tried Vedic meditation here's Gillian Lavender's number give her a call amazing and um, so I got in touch with Gillian Lavender who runs the London Meditation Centre and I just loved her because she's so down to earth she used to work in publishing she's not someone that's sort of always been spiritual she's like she's she understands a busy world and she's just got a very realistic approach to meditation and so I did I did a sort of one week intensive course with her because I, I really wanted to get that kind of help. And, um, you know, I can't say I can't credit meditation completely, but I fell pregnant naturally three months later and now have my daughter Willow. And obviously, I, like, I, I do really need to emphasize that I'm not saying that that was down to meditation. I don't really know what what made that happen. But um, it was. I, I definitely feel that meditation helped get me through quite a dark place and, and maybe did change my levels of anxiety and, and you know, the state of energy <laughs> in my body yeah. and things. Do you feel, doing a week-long intensive course, I've never done anything mm-hmm. like that, so just out of curiosity, was it palpable at the end? Did you feel oh. a weight was lifted? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I say week-long intensive course, I mean, it was just two hours every day. It wasn't like, you know locked locked behind a door just meditating all the time it was just two hours a day but um I remember just on day two meditating in a way that I'd never meditated before just getting into a a, a sort of a different layer a different level of depth um Mm. that I hadn't experienced and I remember it was just around the time yeah it was four years ago it was when Donald Trump just just became president and you know oh I was (laughs) um I remember just feeling stressed about that as well um uh, yeah, it was it it was it was fantastic, and um, I mean, I still check in with Gillian regularly. She's 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 a brilliant teacher. You're not the first person to mention uh, to mention them, mm. 
and I'm trying to remember who the other person was who has been on the show and has recommended them. It will come mm-hmm. to me before the oh, end well, of our conversation. Well. So people, that's but they're just very approachable and very. It feels like meditation for real life. Ah, that's interesting because it can feel like. It's a bit like if you are meditating, then maybe you're a certain type of person, but it, it really is better all of these, Yeah, the, all of these stigmas that come into health and wellness and um, it, it, it's just, it, it just doesn't have to, to be that way. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people have the idea with meditation that you have to sit in a really uncomfortable, awkward position and wear um, flowing clothes and be able to chant and, you know, and, and it really is not. And, and also believe that you have to completely empty your mind and you know have no thoughts at all just 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 not the case Uh, yeah Mm. Gillian really is the opposite of all of those things oh that's really interesting I will put the links in the show notes listeners Uh, so that means we must beat your final what is my final one these have been great I mean oh really oh good um so my final one is um I do love to give myself a bit of a pamper so um when I'm feeling just you know, when it's a busy week or something, I love nothing more than to put a face mask on. I'm such a face mask junkie. I love a good face mask. Um, and to put on really lovely, clean pajamas or, you know, nighty. I'm really, I spend more money on sleepwear. <laughs> I just love pajamas. I don't know, it's really square, but um, there's nothing nicer. So maybe a nice bath, um, give myself a facial, put on clean pajamas, go to bed read a few pages of a book. I never managed to get past a couple of pages of books since becoming a mum. I just pass out, fall asleep. But um, I love, I think it's really important to give myself permission to, to like have a night off, have an early night, not feel like I have to cook or do chores or talk to my husband or um, call family and friends and just sometimes just take that time for me. And um, again, since becoming a mum, it's become a sort of thing that I do once a week. And it just makes me feel better, you know, to wake up with glowing skin and having had a really good night's sleep. It would be remiss of me not to ask if you have any favourite masks. Well, um, gosh, so I've got a really lovely one by Sarah Chapman, um, Mm. which, uh, you know, the um, paper, the uh, whatever, you peel it off. She that's the one thank you um and tata harper i use tata harper a lot and trilogy uh some of my favorites oh and actually nice do you just like one from a new brand called essie e-s-s-e and they're all about probiotic um skincare and it's just really natural i've only just started using them but yeah they're really really lovely brand and i've got a really nice mask there but i mean i like because my skin's quite dry and i get rosacea so it gets quite red and sensitive so I like really moisturizing heavy thick masks as opposed to a sort of drying out mask no yes yes yeah that kind of uh, mask that the next morning it's pillowy your skin is pillowy and plump. exactly that's the dream <laughs> that's the dream um also you're not alone in lockdown I've bought quite a few sleep shorts oh good <laughs> good 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 that makes me feel better <laughs> And I have a very strict, I don't know about you, I have a very strict schedule on changing my bed sheets. Oh, yes, me too. Me too. Every three days. So, 
Oh, every three yeah. days in the summer or just all year. I just, round? I just remember once watching this. I can't. It's probably not even true, but I remember once watching about bed bugs and getting it into my head that bed bugs, you know, start to grow after three days. So I, oh. but I am, I am, I love crisp, clean bed sheets. Mm. Yeah, I have. I like to strip the bed on a Friday morning mm. so that when I get into bed on a Friday oh. night, I'm starting the weekend in a clean bed. But then sometimes depending on fake tanning schedule <laughs> I don't do that yeah that would yes that would make me change my bed sheets more so I do it every Friday morning because I love having clean sheets for the weekend and then every Tuesday morning so it's... <laughs> maybe I need to start changing my bed a little more no really. please please don't take that that's just me <laughs> I, I have a pod that comes onto my bed and scatters crumbs and things. And I also have a dog that jumps onto my bed regularly as well. So it does need, they do need changing often. Yes. I don't have, I don't have those. Um, now you've shared with me uh, your feel good habits, which I'm very grateful for, but listeners, I want to just let you know one of the things that makes me feel good that has directly to do with Amelia. And, and I, fangirled in your face quite <laughs> quite a lot when I met you because I one of my favorite recipes of all time is the slow cook beef curry and I love you for that in <laughs> it is the most glorious thing to make mm. and it is the most rewarding meal and it's a it's a slow cooker mm. It's just so, so wonderful. So partly, thank you for putting that recipe out into the universe because you know it brings me joy and the prawn one. <laughs> Such a pleasure. But also, if you're listening to this and quite rightly thinking, oh, I'd like to try one of Amelia's recipes and you eat red meat, or uh, there is also a prawn one, isn't there? Are they in the same book? No, different books. But um, I mean, I sort of always encourage people to understand that you can pretty much adapt any curry. The basis is the same. So the flavours that, you know, the spices are the same. So you could, that beef curry that you like, if you want to make that vegan, you can just switch the beef for something like chickpeas or butter beans and it will work just as well. Or you could change it to chicken or to prawns. I always want people to have more confidence that they don't have to follow a recipe so religiously and that they can use the flavors and the basis and switch things up. So I love you for loving the beef recipe because not many people ever talk about that recipe because so many followers are plant-based or interested in the plant-based recipes. Um, so I, I, and, I, and I agree with you. I love that beef recipe and I do make it often. But I have... I don't eat red meat a lot, but when I do, it yeah. will be because I've made yeah. your curry. Um, but I'm going to try it with butter beans. Oh, yeah, now. it's so good. It's so good. Maybe not in the slow cooker or, you know, add the butter beans at the very end because obviously they would just fall apart. Um, unless you're cooking them yes. from scratch, like dried butter beans, then you could put them in at the beginning. But um, you also don't necessarily have to, you know, slow cook it. You can use the same flavors and do it in a a faster version in a pan. But in the other books, there's, I mean, I, I'm a big curry lover. Um, so I think that you've got a variety of curries in all four of my books, but certainly the last book, the most recent book, Simply Good For You, has, a, a, you know, so many different um, vegan, plant-based, vegetarian and meat options. I really do. I, they are. I mean, I have only really got into cookbooks recently. And I must admit, yours always have a story or always just feel... They, when you're making them, you feel the goodness, Aww. if that makes any sense. I love that. That's the goal. That's the goal. But hopefully they're really simple and 
easy as well because my mission is to you know make healthy simple because I just think that unfortunately healthy eating healthy living well-being has just been burdened with this concept that it's really complicated expensive faddy and void of joy which is just not true um and who's just I mean of course there's a place in life for hedonism and, and fun but I I take just as much pleasure from looking after myself as I do from letting my hair down and eating pizza and drinking wine you know I think I think that there's a place for both but I get really frustrated that people label taking care of yourself through like healthy eating as as meaning that you're boring and dull I think I think it's really unfair it's unfair and it's nonsense and I have I have your books and I can testify to the fact that it is nonsense and that those books are not boring or dull or joyless or any of those things they're really really wonderful so thank you I will obviously put the links to all of the books to your social media and those face masks in the show notes but Amelia thank you so much for those habits they're amazing I'm so pleased thank you lovely to see you